Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. You have to have a traffic source of the right people in order to sell your stuff. And so it's something we have to do. You can't sell what you don't market. And that means that consistency every day, how do you put your, your solution in front of the person that needs it? Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by my good friend, Kim Garst. We're going to be talking about how to promote, sell, and repurpose your live shows. Or I should clarify, how to promote and repurpose your live shows and how to sell on your live shows. And that can be very tricky for so many of us. Sometimes we're scared of selling. And where do you get the time to promote and repurpose all your live shows? Well, this is a really great episode and I can't wait to share that with you. Just one more reminder that on Sunday, the doors close for my Launch Your Live course. This is all about how to launch your Facebook live show. So if you want to go on it and learn how to launch your live show in just 10 days, go to iag.me forward slash L-Y-L. That's short for Launch Your Live. That's iag.me forward slash L-Y-L. In 10 days, you can launch your course and it only costs $97. It's a complete steal, but first it's time. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. I want to promote and sell and repurpose my live shows. Promote and sell today. I want to promote and sell and repurpose my live shows. I've got This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, it's Ian Anderson Gray here for episode 85 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. Welcome! Live shows can be, are they? In fact, they are content power machines. They are amazing for that brand awareness, growing your brand awareness, as well as community growth and audience growth. Well, in today's show, I'm really excited to be joined by the amazing Kim Garst. I've known Kim for over five years and She's a world-renowned marketing strategist. In today's show, we're talking about promotion and selling and repurposing your live video shows. You'll be able to promote your live shows to a wider audience, sell without being cringy, and repurpose your shows. The show notes when the podcast episode comes out will be at iag.me forward slash 85. And as I said, just before I started recording this, if you go to confident.live forward slash subscribe, you can be notified for future episodes of the show. And if you're in the UK, you text the word CONFIDENT to 07723 361 790. You can get notified for future episodes. Awesome. Well, it's time to bring in my first sponsor of today, which is Content 10X. Content 10X have been sponsoring the show pretty much from the start. They are all about content repurposing, which is great because that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. So my question to you is, do you want to find more creative ways 
to create more content. The problem is there's only so much time in the day. I certainly find this, you know, it's, there's just not enough time to create all that content that we need to create. Well, my friends at Content 10X are specialists in content repurposing. They are a content repurposing agency that will take that one live stream or a blog post or podcast or video and turn it into a plethora of new platform specific on-brand content. And if they don't do this for you via their service, they can teach you how to do it via their podcast, blog, book, and toolkit. They're really smart, responsive, creative, and effective. And if you want to take the stress out of content marketing, Content 10X are the people you want to go to. So check out Content 10X at www. I don't know why I said www. Who, who says that these days? Content10x.com to find out more. Awesome. Well, it's time to bring in my good friend, Kim Garst, who is one of the world's most retweeted people among digital marketers. She is a renowned marketing strategist, keynote speaker, and an international best-selling author of Will the Real You Please Stand Up? Show up, be authentic, and prosper in social media. Kim focuses on helping entrepreneurs make more money in their business using social and digital media. Forbes named her as one of the top 10 social media power influencers, and she has been featured by Fox News, CBS News, The Huffington Post, Entrepreneur.com, Business Week, and Social Media Examiner. Kim, welcome to the show. Hello. I, I picked up a, a couple of words that I just, I'm like, I'm going to have to borrow those. Like, cringy? That's such a great word. <laughs> And obviously, plethedra, but you know, th those are fancy words that you got going on there this I morning. Know. I guess it's your afternoon. So, yeah, you, you had a couple of cups of coffee already. <laughs> I've, I've woken up a little bit. Yeah, I like, I like plethora. And I, I don't know, it's cringy, a British word. It, it might well be. I don't know. It might be. I was like, cringy. I like that. That is such a great word. Well, there we go. Yeah, well, I, I aim to please. I'm sure you're going to share some more American words with us today as well, which is going to be great. So, we are. We have an international audience on the show. I, I, want to, I want to bring in some lovely people watching live who have been waiting patiently. So Tim Sorn is watching from Pennsylvania in the US. He's, he's dancing over here in the land of the deer, turkeys, bears, <laughs> and the occasional human being. Yeah, it's a bit of a mad world we're living in. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're still boogieing on down. And Scott says, the new Facebook layout has eliminated the ability to invite people to a live video, I noticed, and watch parties are harder now. Oh, dear. I don't know if you knew about that, Kim. Have you played around with this? No, but, you know, leave it to Facebook, right? <laughs> we'll see. They're making a lot of things difficult. I noticed uh, just the other day that now embedding uh, Facebook content is going to be more difficult. You have to do some, like, weird stuff. So lots of lots of stuff. Uh, and Scott says, beware of Bigfoot. I, I will be aware of Bigfoot. I don't. <laughs> so thank you for that. Tim, uh, I, I totally agree with you here. Love your glasses, Kim. And I, I'm sure how many, you must get complimented a lot on your glasses, Kim. You, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, my glasses, uh, well, it go, they go all the way back to Periscope days. When Periscope first started, I started, my arms started getting too short, you know, and I, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, in order to read the comments on the screen as they were, you know, rolling by, I'm like, I'm going to have to put on a pair of readers. And so I picked up the pair of red readers and the red has just stuck. So I have various versions of red peepers these days. And um, they, yeah, and anytime I try to wear another color, people are like, where's your red glasses? 
So they've definitely become, uh, by accident, a part of my brand. Isn't that funny? Yeah, glasses can really make a difference to your brand. They make you stand out. And I, I, I noticed this. So when we met in 2015, and I had my old glasses. And then I we've got a very, well, no, he's not very, but he's reasonably eccentric opticians. And he, he likes to push you out of your comfort zone. And I was quite conservative with my glasses. And he pushed me and pushed me. And then I got these and I had lots of compliments. But he's done it again. I'm getting new glasses in the next uh, two weeks. And I'm slightly scared, Kim, I have to say. Okay, so are they a new color? They are. I actually have forgotten exactly what the color is because it was such a traumatic experience, but they are slightly round. They are round. So I will unveil them on the show, but apparently they they look good. So we'll see. (laughs) That's great. Well, thank you for that. And Tim Stone says, shout out to the American words and the UK shows. So let's let's get some American words. Uh, And Tim also says, did you... Did you plan that the frame matches Kim's glasses? It was all totally strategic. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but it is true. We've got, we've, got, we've got everything. Like, everything's great. We, we definitely like to do that. So, Kim, we were talking about this on Monday. So I, I had the uh, real pleasure and honor of being on your show on Monday. And uh, we were kind of reminiscing when we first met. Now, I think we knew each other before we met in person, you know, on, on, the, on the socials. Probably Google Plus or I don't know whether you, you uh, Facebook and all those kind of Twitter. I mean, basically, you're everywhere, aren't you? Well, you know, Google Plus. What a shame! Like, right? It was such. It was like such a great platform. Uh, they just didn't put the resources into making it happen. So you know, fell by the wayside. Yeah, I think we knew each other at least in the social space well before we met each other in person. It's fascinating how many people we've I've met, and I would say you would say the same at um, you know the social media marketing um, world event each and every year. I think that's been a connection point for so many of us uh, to ha- have that opportunity to meet in, in person, especially when we are in different countries. Yeah, you're so, you're so right, and uh, I definitely go and go to social media marketing world, but which by the way is if if you haven't heard of it, it's. The biggest social media conference in the in the world, I think, and it's in San Diego in California. So it is it is amazing, and yeah, I totally uh, that changed changed my life totally. Obviously, at the moment uh, we're in 2020, and we don't need to say very much. But the the great thing about now, in a way, I mean, that we I always like to look at the positives is that we can attend conferences from the comfort of our home, wherever it is in the world. So there is that, isn't there? And that is a positive thing. I mean, it's been really fascinating to watch. People pivot and innovate around this, you know, the times we're in. Obviously, COVID times has been hard, but you know, again, the innovation and all those things that that genie is not going back in in the bottle. So I think there's going to be a lot of positive things uh, that come out on the other side of this, from an education perspective in particular, because I think I think a lot of teachers and you know people are, are knowledge based and sharing knowledge have had to. Uh, figure out other ways. And even corporate America or corporate everywhere, for that matter, have realized that, you know, their workforce can be productive from home. So what's that going to look like going forward? It's going to be interesting. Interesting is the word. But I I do think the live video is going to be part of this. And I mean, live video usage, I'm sure you would say the same, Kim, has, at least from my point of view, has really rocketed and so many more people doing it. And Part of that, I think, is that a lot of people saw the power before all of this madness happened, 
but there was something stopping them. It was perhaps the fear or it was this confidence side of things. So I, I want to kind of go back in time. Let's go back in the time machine, Kim, and see if you can you remember the first time you went live and can you maybe ex tell us how you felt? Were you feeling really full of confidence? How did it go? Okay, so the first time that I went live was at Social Media Marketing World. It was uh, the day that Periscope was launched. We just happened to be at Social Media Marketing World. And um, Donna Moritz and I, I, I think you know Donna, uh, we were on our way over to the networking party, you know, on the boat. And we were on one of those little pedal bikes, you know, the, little, the dude was pedaling this over. And so we're like, let's just check this app out. Let's, let's figure out what this, you know, this whole thing. So we, we had downloaded it. We opened it up. We hit the go live button or, and you know, I was literally holding my phone, like, like, here we go. So I'm trying to make sure you guys can see me, but technically I was like, I had my phone underneath me. So probably the first thing most people saw was like my nose hairs. Like, seriously, it was that bad. So Donna and I had a good giggle on our way over to the event. Did We had no intention really of leveraging it at that point. We just wanted to check it out. And so the confidence thing wasn't such a big deal in that moment. But when, it, when I got serious about it and tried to say, okay, am I going to do this? Am I going to embrace this as a strategy? that's when the fear factor really uh, stepped in. Um, and for me, it was more of the perfectionist of, uh, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm like, there's just no way. I'm just going to go live and like, you know, how am I going to edit it? You know, my team hated me on video days because I'd lock myself in a room and I would record the same thing over, you know, 50 times and then we'd edit it to death because I was just such a perfectionist. So the thought of, you know, going live and not having control over what happened was a huge, huge problem for me. And I, I think that's a problem probably for a lot of people. But for me, it was a fascinating dynamic in that when I realized that people were watching a lot of people and then they were loving it. They didn't care if it wasn't perfect or if my tongue was operating faster than my brain or my brain operated faster than my tongue and I was stumbling and you know, none of that, none of that mattered. And so I was like, okay, I can help people and they don't, they're not judging me. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. Okay let's just get over myself already. And, it, but that wasn't evolution. It's, it, it did take me a while. I, I won't lie and say that, you know, every time I went live initially, I, it was, you know, <laughs> panic, you know, because it's just kind of like stepping on the stage, you know, essentially you're, you're putting yourself out there in front of people and it's that fear factor that you run up against. So it took me a while to push through that, but I just knew that if I did that, you know, what I could share and how I could help people could be expanded uh, into, in a way that I couldn't necessarily do if I didn't embrace it. Really, really interesting. And thank you for thank you for being honest. I, I think we so many of us have had those like, moments where we have that problem with fear or lack of confidence. And I also think that I share your perfectionism, an issue with perfectionism. And I think I wonder whether you agree with me on this that live video is a great antidote to perfectionism because it can't, it, it is not going to be perfect. And actually, for me, creating live video content is allowing me to be much more productive and more consistent because I'm creating the content without worrying about it being perfect. Yes, I mean, of course, I want it to be good, 
but it is not going to be perfect. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think that for me, there's been some other side benefits of embracing live video. I feel like my articulation skills have increased. You know, I'm able to slow down a little bit now, process what I want to say instead of just feeling like I'm stumbling over my words because I'm nervous. So I think there's a lot of byproducts that happen as a result of just consistency, you know, putting yourself out there and understanding that really we're the biggest, we judge ourselves uh, much harsher than most people do. You know, when in the early days of Periscope, when, you know, we would have what uh, the, the trolls were so bad on Periscope in the early days of live video. And um, that was actually a really good thing for me. Uh, you know, when somebody would come on and, you know, say something inappropriate or make a, a, a negative comment or whatever, not only did my community really support me in that, you know, get out of here, go back to your basement kind of thing. But it also allowed me to realize that, you know, one or two bad eggs doesn't make the whole thing, you know. Uh, it, so it was a really great exercise in understanding that we're not here to please everybody. We can't please everybody. And, you know, the people that we're meant to serve uh, will stick up and stand by us. And, you know, those that are just there to cause trouble you know, you're not there to serve them. You can, you know, you can hit the block button and go on, you know, but it, it just really helped me to, to realize that, you know, just because someone says something negative, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true or you, it's only true if you let it be true. I guess that's a better way of saying it. I like that. I think that that's, that's really important to say. And community for me, and I'm sure you would say the same is, is so important that you make sure you know who your community is. It's not the people who are trolling you. I mean, and, and hopefully we're not, to get any of that today i don't see any trolls in the, in the room and it's also it's not about so you know so often when we when we get worried about it and be trying to make it perfect we're actually trying to serve ourselves and sometimes we need to get ourselves out of the way of that this is something that uh, we've been talking a lot on the show about i can see that christine gritman is here so we've got a wonderful community here we've got tim Sorn watching uh, um, watching before and scott airs christine is is totally agreeing with us yes and uh, she says i love live because I can't overthink it. <laughs> yes, well, that is so true. Thinking deeply about things is not a bad thing, but if it stops you from actually doing it, that's not good. I'm sure you'd agree with that. So before we get into promotion, which is the first thing I want, I want to talk about, can you share any, you've mentioned the first time you went live, which wasn't the most professional, we'll say, but I mean, have there been any uh, live video disasters you can share with us? Oh, golly, I have a long <laughs> and sundry list. But I think the most dramatic one was, well, I have a couple I'll share. A few years ago, we decided to do a Thanksgiving Palooza. So it was kind of like, it was around the Thanksgiving timeframe. And it was uh, like a two or three hour training. And we were live on a lot of, in a lot of places. That was before we could simulcast with tools like Restream or StreamYard or Ecamm or, you know, there's some great tools out there now. But before that, when we were using like, you know, two or three devices to go live on multiple platforms, and then we were also doing a go to a go to webinar, webinar style training all at the same time. And we had about, I think like 9,000 people attending this event. And we're, um, big uh, fur baby fans around here. So in right in the middle, uh, here comes uh, my business partner at that time. Uh, he, he had a um, uh, a puppy and up he came 
bowled over everything. He cut, you know, I was sitting on a, you know, we had the set set up and here he came, bowled over everything. And we had the crash boom kind of thing. So major event and we had a crash boom, but people loved it. They loved it. It really ended up turning the whole event into a much, I guess, relatable, that maybe that's a great way of saying it. So people really thought it was hilarious and it provided a a bit of comic relief, maybe. So that was one instance. And then I, I think just from another perspective, Totally. It was just a solo event. Not as many people, perhaps, but I, I had my one of my big, you know, you, those box lights actually fell over on my head one time. And oh um, that was kind of funny, too. Little, uh, you know, we got a big chuckle out of that. So the, the community as a whole thought, well, hey, if that can happen to Kim, that can happen to anybody. I'm OK with it happening to me. You know, the world didn't end. I, and I think that's what we have to realize when things happen or go wrong. You know, my husband says this all the time. He's retired from the military, but he said, if you know, it's not a, you don't have to stress over it if nobody's bleeding. Very, very true. I, I hope you weren't hurt. I mean, that sounds like horrendous by the, the light falling on top of you, but obviously not. You're still here today. <laughs> yeah, no, no blood. It was all good. <laughs> uh, and I, I think I love the way that, that you turned something that could, it, you probably felt like a disaster, like a puppy, like knocking everything over. And it actually, it made everyone's day because it was funny. And so often we can, we're trying to make everything perfect and that's not what people want. So Good reminder to us all, I think. So yeah, um, Tim Sorn is says, Christine Gritman, now I want coffee and donuts. So yeah, a big shout out to Tim and Christine who have a fabulous live show. Feel free to put your details of your show in, in the comments. It'd be um, uh, great, great to share that out. And also if you're watching on YouTube and LinkedIn, I know you're watching, but you're being very, very quiet. So do get involved with the conversation. I would love to know what your live video disasters have been. And if you haven't had any live video disasters, maybe that's because you haven't actually gone live yet or you've not gone live very much. So maybe it's time to actually press that go live button. So one of the big fears I think that people have, Kim, is when they press that go live button, they get nobody watching. That big number that Facebook and, and other networks give you is a big fat zero, or maybe it's very low. And we had Lou Jello on the show uh, a few weeks ago and, and shared some really good tips about the fact that we shouldn't be looking at that number. We should be thinking about speaking to that one person, which is great. But we still want to be getting more people watching our lives, if we're going to be honest. So any tips on that, on how we can increase the number of people watching how we can grow our audience on our live shows well there's a there's a lot um, of ways honestly but i'd like to address that real quick about you know worrying about the number of people that uh, might be watching you live it, it almost feels like you you are uh, speaking to yourself and that's a it's one of those things where it's it's a little unnerving you know when you're trying to create some content and then no one shows up but I'd just like to kind of maybe mimic maybe even what Lou said, where don't stress over who is there in the moment, because there's replay viewers, people who could potentially come behind and watch on the replay. Um, but more specifically, it goes back to that piece of content that you're creating that can be leveraged later. 
So, you know, you can take that live show, you can turn it into a blog post, you can turn it into, you know, tweets or uh, video clips for IGTV, or there's so many other ways to leverage the, that content. So don't think of it in the context of how many people are watching right then in, in that moment. Think about how many other touch points you could potentially use that piece of content for if you ultimately repurpose it. I know we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, but Again, from the context of not letting that mess with your brain when you're trying to create the content, think about it purely in the in the framework of that is you're creating an amazing piece of content and you're going to use it in other ways. Don't think about it from the perspective of how many people are watching you in that moment. Okay, but to get more people to your shows, you have to let people know about them. Um, so even though I do have a live show every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we still let people know. You know, we have we email my list and let them know. Uh, we put post up for uh, on social on all my socials to let people know what's happening, who the special guest is, all of that type of stuff. We send reminders uh, not only to my list but also through bots, people who subscribed. So there's a lot of ways that you can draw more attention to you uh, and more specifically uh, really market your, your, your live show. And then let's say, for example, you might not have um, a large community, maybe no email list. You know, that means you have to get into other people's communities and you can do that by, you know, coming on other people's live shows as guests or participating in, um, you know, guest blogging or podcast interviews where you get an opportunity to mention your live show. So there's there's a lot of ways for you to, again, you know, get more exposure, even if you don't have a large community or, you know, you, you don't have a big email list uh, yet. Yet being the keyword. Yeah, that's, that's, those are really great tips. And I loved what you said before. So, so important not to focus on the numbers for reasons that, you know, that Lou was sharing, but also you were reiterating there. It's about the community, but also it's about the reap. It's also about the replay viewers. You know, you can't see the replay viewers obviously live because they're from the future. So, and there's the repurposing thing, which is so, I mean, I, I'm so excited about that side of things, which we'll get onto in a bit. So th those are great tips. And you know, one thing that I know that Tim does a lot, I mean, he he goes on with a lot of shows, this is a big comment here, but uh, he's uh, plugging his show with uh, Christine, which on their Facebook profiles, usually 10am for coffee and donuts every week, and uh, no salesy weirdness, just a fun chat to kick off the week. So I think actually showing up and, and, and getting involved with other people's shows as a commenter, but also as a guest is, is really good. So do you schedule your live videos? We, we were talking about this just before the show. And at the moment, there is some weirdness with Facebook, which I just want to just talk about the fact that this has been a, been a thing for a, a little bit of a while on some platforms on when you broadcast to Facebook, but now it's for everything. If you schedule, you now get two posts, you get your, I think it's called the announcement post, which, which is, and then when you go live, you get the live post. So you have end up with two, which I hate. I think you you don't like it either, Kim. But um, tell us, uh, do, you, do you schedule and, and maybe give part of your process of, say, for example, you've got a live next Monday. What's the process that you go to, through to actually promote that to your audience? Yes. So um, we do pre-schedule it to Facebook, obviously. I, and I'm with you. I hate that announcement post, the dual post. I think it's, I don't even understand what the purpose of it is but I won't go there. We also do Periscope slash Twitter, whichever one you prefer to call it, and LinkedIn Live as well as YouTube. 
obviously the the YouTube channel um, and the Facebook uh, post will go well you you can see it which means you can uh, reference it you know you can pre you know drive traffic to it and that kind of stuff the Periscope post as well as um, the LinkedIn live doesn't technically go live until you know you hit the go live button so you know there's no way to have a physical post on those on those platforms first so um, but we do a lot of things once we, you know, once we um, have scheduled it, then we, of course, uh, go into promotion mode where we're marketing the show, trying to get as many people there as possible. And we found that for the most part, our numbers are um, continuously growing, except on holidays, you know, which I guess a lot of people probably aren't consuming content, uh, perhaps on holidays. Well, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for, sh for sharing some of those things. It's, although Facebook scheduling is maybe a little bit not great and buggy, it's still great to be able to send the link out to people. I'm actually testing today. I'm testing not scheduling it and trying a few, because I think for, for me at least, because I live video is my thing, I want to test things out. But I think I would always recommend scheduling, even though there is that buggy thing. And the good news is if if you have been blessed by the LinkedIn gods with LinkedIn Live, uh, LinkedIn scheduling is coming. In fact, at the moment, I've been testing that. And so that is something that is coming. Um, it's it's going to be broadened out. And hopefully, over time, LinkedIn Live will be will broaden out anyway. So we've talked about the we talked about the pre promotion, Kim, now it's time to go live. And it's time maybe to talk about <laughs> selling, um, which is the second word that I want we were going to talk about today. And for most people, selling is scary. Selling is scary. And if you are watching or listening, let me know. Put scary in the comments if you find selling scary. Why do you think it is scary? And how can we sell with confidence while not sounding? And I can't remember the word I used before. I was going to say sleazy, but there was a word I used before. Cringy. Cringy. I haven't forgotten the word. There we go. Cringy. Yes. <laughs> Such a great word. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to capitalize on that word. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, as soon as I get off, I'm going to write it down somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that um, every marketer has that fear factor of coming across cringy uh, or like a used car salesman, you know, or always selling. Now that's when I say most, I will say most because I, I do believe there are some people who look at their community with and they think they all have dollar signs on their forehead. And it comes across, I think, when they when they're doing their marketing. So there is that style of a marketer. Uh, I don't want to be that style of marketer. I would rather I'm the other one where uh, I do feel uh, a sense of obligation to not come across cringy. You know, I do not want people to think I'm just, you know, out for their dollars because that's a result of my, you know, what drives me. It's not what I lead with. You know, I'm more about how do I make a difference? And if through that difference, it generates a sale, then voila, perfect. So my approach is is something that I've just developed over the years, and it really uh, comes from a place of understanding that if I show up and serve, then the money follows. And not in every every instance, for sure, but that's my that's my end goal. So if I you know if I have a training or if I have uh, a course that I'm getting ready to sell, how can I show up with value and then um you know if i've convinced people that th what i've shared with them is value-based enough 
then when I make an offer that's going to give them more value, they're more likely to spend money with me. So that's my approach. Um, I'm always about how can I make a difference um, and change um, someone else's life or business around whatever it is that I'm trying to sell. So it's all for me, it's about the transformation. And I try to paint that transformation as good as I can on the front side and, and lead with that. Um, and then make a very, hey, a very, very soft sale. That's my approach. Like I've positioned it. If, if this is your problem and, you know, uh, you need this solution, then it might be for you. And if it is for you, then here's the link to go buy it. Um, I'm not a hard, a hardcore salesperson. Serve, don't sell. It's worked for me. Well, yeah, that's I mean, that, I've always loved the way you you have done that. And the fact of the matter is you, you did use the two words and then, you know, you're serving your audience, but you don't just leave it there. You know, in a way you could argue, uh, and I'm sure you do, that you wouldn't be serving your audience as well as you could if you didn't have products and services to give them. I mean, the products and services that you have designed are to help and to serve your audience, but you've got to mention them. And I see so many people out there and I, and I, I was like this myself, where I'm, we give so much value out there. We're always giving all this stuff, but we don't sell. I see that so often. I, I used to do this a lot with my email newsletter. Nobody knew what I was selling because I didn't mention it. So what would you say to people like that? Uh, well, this is kind of the interesting dynamic when it comes to selling online. You really only need two things to sell online. Um, and that's something that people want, um, a product or service that people want, and then you have to match it up with the people who want it. Now, that seems simplistic, right? It's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, uh, I can't sell cat food to dog lovers. If they don't have a, you know, a cat, then how am I going to sell cat food to uh, somebody who's got dogs? But you, the misconception and the fall down, if you will, for us as business owners is that we don't go after the traffic. We have a great product or service, but we're not putting it in front of the people that want it um, consistently. So when we wake up every day, we need to realize that we have something that can help someone. And if we don't do our part to put it in front of them, then we are doing that person a disservice. So you are you're basically hiding behind your fear of like not doing what it takes that day to get it out to the right people. And we need to realize that that it, even though that is a sales function, you know, we are you know, we're hiding our light and our and our under a bushel uh, just because we've got a problem with, you know, doing the work or, you know, finding the right people or doing the marketing or paying for our marketing or whatever. You have to have a traffic source of the right people in order to sell your stuff. And so that's it's something we have to do. You can't you can't sell what you don't market. Uh, and that means that consistency every day. How do you put your your solution? in front of the person that needs it. I think we, we could almost leave the live show there because just that, that little bit that you shared with us is, is kind of tough love, but it's so, so important. You know, we need to get off our backsides and we need to do some of that, that work. It might start with that mindset shift. And that was certainly the case with me. I needed to work on some things that were going on up here. Uh, but then we also need to produce products that are going to be good for our audience, but we also need to promote them. So we talked about the promotion. Uh, we've talked about selling and uh, we're going to be talking about 
repurposing. I mean, we could spend a whole show on all uh, each of these, but I can see that Brian uh, Brian Shulman is here. Great to see you, Brian. Hope you're doing really well. Watching on Facebook. I'm saying looking good, Ian. Thank you very much. I do try my best. I love it. And, and we've got another one. Another Brian also says, I love the glasses, Kim. There we go. You see the glasses. I think I think this is the this is um, basically the answer to everything. Uh, the answer to sales, answer to promotion, answer to repurposing is get really cool glasses. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> it might be. I mean, I, yeah, it might well be that. Well, it's time to bring in my next sponsor just before we then talk about repurposing. And this is this is all to do with Restream, which is an awesome platform. I'm using Restream today to broadcast to, I'm going to use that word again, plethora of different channels. Restream is the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs. With Restream, you can stream to multiple platforms all at the same time, and they have over 30 different destinations, um, which is cool. So you can boost your views, but um, these destinations include all the kind of the normal ones you'd, you'd, you'd think, such as uh, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, Periscope, Twitch, and all that kind of stuff. But there are loads of other more niche ones. You could go live to Mixcloud, which is uh, a UK uh, streaming platform, which I'm uh, streaming to today, uh, which is great. So if you're if you're using a tool like Ecamm Live or OBS Studio, you can broadcast to Restream, and then that will take care of your multi-streaming, multicasting for you. Um, so you you broadcast to Restream, and then Restream will then broadcast that out to all your different channels. But there is a new service that uh, they brought they launched this year called Restream Studio, and this allows you to broadcast directly from your browser. You can have up to nine guests on your show. You can highlight comments and graphics and put videos and all that kind of cool stuff. And most importantly, and this is really important when you're multi-streaming, is you can engage with your community across all those different channels, which I think is really important. So you can actually see all those comments and highlight them on the screen, which is so important. There's, yes, I mentioned the chat. Uh, there's also a scheduler feature, which allows you to stream your pre-recorded videos live. And I've really been blown away by the analytics section. This is the bit that not that many people know about. And this allows you to view your stream metrics, how many viewers, uh, watch minutes, new followers, and more. So all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash restream to find out more about this. You can sign up for free. They have a free plan and they have uh, some paid plans as well, which give you some extra cool features. So definitely check out restream at iag.me forward slash restream. And I thank you, Restream, for sponsoring the show. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Awesome. Well, it's time to get on with talk about repurposing. I can just see a comment uh, here. So, oh, this is cool. So Sasha, Sasha, Sasha Lidyard has been um, helping me with my Facebook Messenger bot. She's an awesome uh, bot person. And she says, just taken your Pinterest video pin challenge, Kim, on the recommendation of one of your biggest fans. Uh, Mindy Brodsky, it was excellent. Awesome. Thank you, Sasha. So you, you've been, uh, just tell us what you've been doing uh, recently, because I know last week uh, you were broadcasting quite a lot with a mutual friend of ours. Yes, our, our sweet friend, um, Jeff C. Uh, and I did a Pinterest video pin challenge 
obviously video pins, well, video across all the socials is pretty big. You know, it's, it's definitely uh, taking over what I call thumb stopping content. It grabs people's interest, that kind of stuff. Um, it's not saturated on Pinterest at all. In fact, very few uh, Pinterest users are using video pins at this point. So there's such a great um, opportunity for us as marketers. Again, we're looking for a traffic source, right? So uh, hint, hint, y'all, if you're trying to sell your products and service, services, Pinterest is a um, untapped, in my opinion, um, opportunity to get organic um, traffic using video pins. So we did a challenge, a five-day challenge uh, for video pins, teaching people how to create them. It was wonderful. We had a great time with it. Well, it was it was it looked really, really good. And I, I did try and catch quite a few of them, although I wasn't able to do all of them because it was kind of slap banging in my dinner time. But it was just really interesting. And just for for those who don't know, I, I mean, Pinterest, I think most people have heard of Pinterest. Uh, it's not really, you wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as a social network, but it's, I mean, how would you describe Pinterest? It certainly doesn't have the ability to broadcast live to. We don't have the ability for live video. How would you describe Pinterest? Pinterest is a search engine. Um, it's a visual search engine specifically. Uh, so it is different than the other socials in that, you know, when you post something on Facebook, it has a lifespan, potentially, a just let's just look at the lifespan, maybe you know, a couple of hours. And that's assuming that you can get it in front of your uh, of your fan base. If you know, if you're using your business page, for example, because Facebook has really curtailed reach. And that's true on Instagram as well. And all the other socials really. Uh, so it's a search engine where people are finding you not you having to can ha really build a massive community there in order for people to see your content. Um, so, you know, it's not about the, the amount of people you, the amount of followers you have, you can be found by anyone. And as long as they're interested in the problem or, or the topic or whatever, the product that you're selling or the product that you're, you know, drive, if you're driving traffic to a blog post or, or whatever it is, it's um, an opportunity to connect with people um, without them even having a no like and trust factor for with you. So it's a, it's a wonderful platform to drive traffic. It is my number um, one one social media traffic resource. It has supplanted Twitter for me. So um, I'm very excited about, you know, all the strategies that we're putting into place on Pinterest. Awesome. Well, we haven't talked about Pinterest really on the show. And I just wanted to get your take on it because I know that you're a massive uh, Pinterest fan and expert. And I, we will be talking about Pinterest on the show. But just to say, obviously, you can't broadcast live to it, but there are, there are video pins. So maybe we can cover video pins in this section. So we, we've covered We're repurposing mm. some of those video, yeah. you know, you could yeah. take some repurposed videos and use them as video pins to drive yes. traffic to yes. your live show. Yes. Well, I, so I want to ask you about that. So we've talked about we talked about the uh, promotion which happens before you go live. We talked about selling while you're going live. Now we're looking at after you've gone live, you might be tempted to go to bed or go and have a rest or watch Netflix and think that's it. But no, it's not. This is when the hard work comes in. Uh, and I can just see Brian here saying a shout out to Restream. Thank you, Brian. Uh, great to see you here. So let, let, let me know in the comments of what you do after you go live. Do you do any repurposing? Because I think this is the really powerful thing. So I, I was going to ask you why repurpose, but that seems a silly question. I think we, we know the power of repurposing, the fact that once you've finished that go live, you can then turn it into all these different pieces of content. You can, you can deliver it to lots of different audiences out there. 
But I'd love to know for your live shows, how do you repurpose your live shows? Because I know that you do it in lots of different ways. And, and how can we do it if we're just getting started? Yeah. And I think that's uh, something that we really need to like look at when you're first thinking about repurposing is what resources do you have to do this? You know, you have to look at it from a strategy and um, time and resource perspective. So one of the things that I highly recommend is um, leveraging the time that you spend on your live show. If you have a guest, you know, uh, or and or if you're just delivering content, you're sharing content, you know, five ways to do X or whatever. Um, those both of those instances are very uh, rich in content, which means that you have an opportunity to transcribe that uh, and turn it into a blog post, for example, or you could strip the audio off of it and turn it into a podcast like Ian does. So those are high value opportunities on the front side. Then, and that's, I think, something everyone could do. So if you wanted to, you know, take the video, transcribe it, you could use a resource like rev.com, um, descript.com uh, is another resource, transcribe it, turn it into a blog post and or a podcast. Uh, like I say, I think both of those are very high value opportunities for repurposing. And then outside of that, there's other touch points. Like we spend a lot of time creating content for our socials, right? So what if you could uh, take that one opportunity where you spent the time to create your live show, your live video, and you repurpose that content. Maybe you take some of your best quotes. We all say things in the norm, normal course of sharing our expertise that I are what I would call quotable moments or tweetable moments, whichever uh, word you, uh, way you want to describe it. Take those and turn those into visual images or just take the text and you know, tweet them out or share them on Facebook or wherever. Um, if you want to do both, you could do both because different people are going to um, resonate with that content differently. Some will be more interested in the um, text. Some would prefer a visual uh, representation of that quote. You could also slice the video into multiple pieces. You know, one of the things that's worked very well for us is pulling out small snippets of video from the live show and using them on uh, IGTV. You know, that is my IGTV uh, views have really gone up with that one core strategy, but it's all a repurposed strategy. I haven't created additional content. I've just taken the content, the one block of time, and then leveraged that content for my other socials. You can create, if you did, going back to the quote tiles, for example, um, you know, you could create image sizes for every social. And now you've got a cohesive branded opportunity to share content that's yours, not someone else's where we're, you know, we wake up that morning and we're like, what are we going to share on Facebook? Let me go find an inspirational quote, you know, boom, up it goes. No, now you have your own stuff, you know, and people can consume your content in various, on various socials with a cohesive message that's tied back into your show. That's also a great way to drive more traffic to your show. You know, people will ultimately see that content. You could link it back um, and get more people to come to your next show. So there's a lot of strategies around the repurposing that could really, really take the pressure off of trying to figure out how you're gonna create content for all these social platforms and and still make money. Yeah, which is kind of what we, wanting to do in our businesses. So that sounds like there's some really, really amazing advice you've given us there. Some people might be thinking, oh my goodness, that's there's a lot going on there and I don't have the skills. I'm not a video editor. 
I don't have Adobe Premiere Pro or whatever. Have you got any tools and techniques that we could use that make it easier for for if we, if we don't have those skills? Yes, there's a lot of resources out there um, to include your original spo uh, sponsor that you mentioned on the front side. But um, one of the tools that we use, I'll just tell you how we do it and maintain our sanity. Um, we don't have, we don't use the fancy fancy tools. You know, we use a tool called Descript.com. And the beautiful part about Descript is you can highlight um, a section of your, cause it'll, it'll give you a transcript. Um, you can clean it up, meaning um, you can take out all of the ums and ahs and, you know, the extra words that we say in the normal course of life. So you can highlight those. And with a click of a button, it'll remove them from the entire video, not only the entire transcript, but also the entire video. So it'll delete those uh, external words from the video. But the other um, thing that's super cool about Descript is that you can highlight a portion by just literally highlighting the text and um, creating a, a video clip of that particular text. And it'll, it'll pull it out um, and then you just download the video um, for whatever that highlighted section was. Um, very quick, very easy um, way to manage that workflow without, again, pulling out your hair. It's a it's a sweet little tool. If you've not used it yet, uh, I do recommend it. One of the other features it has, which is uh, fairly, they've had it since I've been using it, but they've just released it to the public, is something they call dubbing, which gives you an opportunity to, if you misspeak, for example, if you say sprinkle and you meant to say sparkle, you can highlight that misspoken word and type over it. Like if you meant to say sprinkle, you said sparkle, um, just change sparkle to sprinkle and it will dub your voice on the video. It's kind of scary. <laughs> yes, but awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, but scary. But you're only allowed to use it for your own voice. <laughs> but that is cool. Yeah, Descript is, is awesome. I, I've, I've used it. And it's one of those tools that not that many people know about. So thank you for sharing that, Kim. That's great. There's another. I, 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 let me re, uh, mention one other tool. Yeah, I think please. it's uh, yeah. really great. It's a, it's a tool called invid.io. So it's for repurposing. Um, I think it would be a really uh, great little tool, too, for you to maybe check out. It's it allows you to put some captions on your um, on your videos, resize your videos very quickly and easily as well. Um, and you can't necessarily do that with Descript. So just as an alternative, thought I'd throw that one out there. Yeah, thank you. We've had Abolash on the show from InVideo uh, quite a few episodes ago. Uh, so do check that out. But that's a great tool. And then for for image editing tools, uh, so you mentioned like quotes and images and things like that. What would you use for those? Um, well, obviously, the standby canva.com is a great one. Um, I love easel.com uh, as well. That's another um, suggestion. Uh, I think both of those are very, most people are probably pretty familiar, especially with Canva. That would, again, be a very quick and easy way for people to create some, some cool uh, content. Awesome. Well, just before we go, there was just, uh, I just wanted to ask you in terms of how you use IGTV and, and then also just finally Pinterest, you, you, we did talk about video pins and I, I just, before we finish, it'd be good if you could share a little bit more on how you use that. And if you use that in your live video stuff. Are, are, let me make sure I'm clear that I'm clarifying the question. Um, are you asking how I'm using video pins on Pinterest or? So I'm, I'm kind of being sneaky, asking you two questions in one. So IGT, IGTV, 
uh, how you repurpose for IGTV and how you repurpose for uh, video pins on Pinterest. So um, one of the things that we do um, is take video snippets for uh, from the live show. Um, and usually we start with a question. So if I'm asking the question um, of my guest, how do you repurpose your live video? And we'll catch that question and then we'll let, you know, whatever the guest says, you know, whatever the answer is. And then we'll, we'll, ex we'll pull that excerpt essentially and we'll use it as an IGTV post. And they're getting really good uh, visibility over there. So it gives our guests great uh, an opportunity for them to get exposure. And it gives great snippets of question style content. You know, people are constantly asking specific questions. So if they can get an answer to a question in a video where they're not having to consume the entire live show, um, that it's been really beneficial. So if you can think of it in the context of ask the question, um, let them answer it, and then really message the, the question on the actual live video, um, the frame of the video, if you're going to use it on IGTV, so people know what the video is about. Um, the, and you can take a look at my live videos um, or my, um, my IGTV videos over on um, Instagram. Go check them out and see what I'm talking about. I think showing is half the battle or seeing is half the battle. And my username over there is Kim Garsh. So just go check them out. See what you think. It's, it's a, uh, just a question and answer strategy, essentially. Video question and answer strategy. That's awesome. And you do the same for, for Pinterest pins. So this it gives you the ability to effectively embed a video or upload a video to Pinterest? Yes. Now with video on Pinterest, it's not quite the same because I'm finding um, that those video snippets are not performing as well on Pinterest. So one of the things that we've decided to start doing is doing a smaller clip, kind of like a teaser, if you will, to drive traffic from there to Instagram or to the show. So what I mean by that is maybe ask the question, make the question video based, uh, a video pin, uh, a, a, uh, the highest performing video pins on Pinterest are usually between six and 15 seconds. So if I can just do a, you know, a teaser with the question and then drive them to a place where the answer is like maybe IGTV, if I wanted to drive tra traffic there and build my Instagram account up off of the back of Pinterest traffic. So that's one strategy. And we're testing that right now to see if it's going to work. I think it will. Awesome. Well, I'd love to know how, how you get on with that. That's a really, really interesting thing. I've not played around with Pinterest video pins. So it's something that I will be looking into. We've gone way over time. Thank you so much, Kim. I just we had so, so many questions to, to ask you, but it's been great. Awesome to have you on the show. So you mentioned people can follow you on Instagram at Kim Gast. Where, where's the best place? I mean, is it Instagram? I mean, I know you, you're everywhere. Uh, and your website is, I think, kimgast.com. Where, where's the best place that people can find out more about you? Um, and I would just suggest whatever your favorite platform is, you know, if you want to reach out, definitely do. My um, username is Kim Garst on most all of the social platforms. The only exception to that is, I think, both YouTube and my Facebook fan page is Kim Garst Biz. Otherwise, just reach out, Google me, you can find me. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Just to let you know, thank you so much for everyone who's been watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, and to let you know, we're live every Tuesday and Thursday across all the socials. As I mentioned before, if you want to be notified, I'm just going to put this up on the screen for future shows. Uh, you can subscribe to my messenger bot at confident.live forward slash subscribe. And a new feature for my UK viewers. We well, we'll have a US number soon. 
if you send the word confident to 07723 361 790, you can also be notified as well. And don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast. This podcast is actually going out twice a week at the moment, Tuesdays and Fridays. So check that out at iag.me forward slash podcast. But there we go. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I will, I will see you very soon. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me, where you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. I want to promote and sell and repurpose my life shows. Promote and sell today. I want to promote and sell and repurpose my life shows. I've got